0: To lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. Today we are studying in the book of First
1: Chronicles, chapter eleven. Here's Pastor Ryan. Alright, turn with me in your Bibles this evening to First Chronicles chapter eleven. First Chronicles chapter 11, and give me an amen once you are there. If you need a Bible, we have Bibles here. If you want to give us your email to receive our emails, we have connect cards there in the pews, so fill one of those out if you need. All right, let's pray. And Father, we thank you again this evening for your goodness in our life, Lord. We give you all the praise and honor and glory to the one true God. You are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Moses, the God of King David. And Lord, we're just grateful that we can have this beautiful place you've provided. What a miracle, Lord, where we can come into this cool sanctuary when, I believe, last year we were in the park at this time, you know, just uh, trying to find places to, to meet and and recording things online uh, from my home. But now, Lord, we're here because of your grace and, and your mercy and your love. And we just pray, Lord, you know every heart here tonight. You know exactly what we're going through, what we need. And we just ask that you administer to us, Holy Spirit, in a way that we can receive, Lord. So remove pride and arrogance and give us humble hearts, Lord. We can do nothing without you. We can't learn without you. We can't live without you so speak to us do a supernatural work of your spirit and may it be all of you and none of me in jesus name we pray and together we say amen the kingdom of israel as you know has been taken away from king saul the first king of israel and it has been given to king david we read last week that it was taken away from Saul because he was unfaithful to the Lord. And he was unfaithful in that he did not heed the word of the Lord. He, he didn't honor the word of the Lord. And also we're told that the reason he was killed and the kingdom taken was because he also sought advice from a medium, from a spiritist, a witch doctor, if you will, who sought to tap into the demonic world. And he did that rather than to seek the Lord for his guidance. And that's the reason why the kingdom was taken away from Saul and now is going to be given to David in our story, which 1 Chronicles is mostly about David because the Messiah will come from his line. But when we think of that tragic end of Saul, we have to ask, when are blessings taken away from us? When do we lose blessings that God intended to bless our lives? Are those moments when we lose blessings and lose opportunities in which the Lord had, you know, desired to bless us with? Is it not when we do not, when we're unfaithful to his word? And it's a a warning for us tonight as it, as it has for the century since this has been written. Heed the word of the Lord. God wants to bless your life and mine. But what he is looking for is obedience to what he tells you and I to do. It is probably the most important thing that you and I will ever do every day of our life. Is obey the voice of the Lord. And in order to obey his voice, we must first hear his voice. And the only way we can hear his voice is through the study of his word, through prayer and fellowship with Jesus Christ. And every day God wants to speak and we're challenged whether or not we will obey his word. Now Saul, it says that he sought advice from a medium. In the same way that It would be foolish for christians to seek their spiritual advice from this world this world that the bible tells us is under the sway of the devil that the world is deceived by the devil so how wrong is it when christians cease to seek god for guidance but go to the philosophies and the uh, thinkers of this world it is god who saved us it is jesus who gave his life for us so he's worthy of our going to for guidance and advice. And again, when do we lose blessings? When do we lose opportunities? When are doors shut that otherwise would have been open had we just heeded the word of God? It's a real problem. And so we want to be a church in these last days that obey his voice so that the Lord doesn't take blessings away from us and god chastens those whom he loves so for those who say oh no it's all about grace and we can mess up all the time and god will still bless us you know there are moments that he does absolutely but generally he's watching our lives whether or not we will be committed to his word king saul brought offerings of sacrifices to the lord king saul did you know he fought battles for the lord king saul you know did religious activities for the lord however he did not heed the voice of the lord and what a sobering uh you know reminder and warning to us that we can do good works and deceive ourselves that we are you know walking right with the lord but the lord looks at our good works in the light of whether or not we're obedient to his voice You know, it's those who say, you know, I'll go to church, but I'll live in sin. I'll I'll go to church, but I won't do what he says. It's like, you know, I'll do part of what he says, not all of what he says. And that was the problem with Saul, and that's what we do not want for our own lives. Samuel the prophet, in one of the greatest rebukes in the Bible, said to him in 1 Samuel 15, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. God desires obedience more than anything guys. Over good works and I think that the the greatest the greatest the greatest good work that we can do is obedience. The greatest good work that we can do is obedience. We can't deceive ourselves. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. We need to seek the Lord and say, Lord, am I heeding the whole of your word that you have shown me through Bible studies, through sermons, through listening on the radio? As you've been speaking in my heart, am I making the changes that I'm supposed to be making? Am I doing the things that you want me to do? God has so much to say to us and so much for us to do. Are we heeding the voice of the Lord or just doing some things and deceiving ourselves that we're good with the, with the Lord. Just doing the basics. God wants us to go further and further in our walk and our maturity. He wants us to grow. He wants to bless us. He gave Saul the whole kingdom and he threw it away. And there's so much that God wants to give us. And we are part of a spiritual kingdom by which power comes from on high in order to do the works that he wants us to do. But I think that just like you took the kingdom away from Saul, the Lord was, it hinders the Lord from giving us powers from his kingdom to do things because we're not living right. We're compromising. God help us not to compromise, but to heed the voice of the Lord. Jesus again, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. I mean, the proof of loving the Lord is to keep his commandments. And you and I know there's so much that he's taught us. So much about life and godliness. How to parent, how to be a good spouse, how to be a good witness, uh, how to be careful, how to understand the battle that we're in. There's so much that God has taught us. And he wants us to apply all that we have learned. So help us, God. Not just say, oh, I'll go to church, but I'll just behave lame. We have to walk right with the Lord. Jesus said in John 8:31, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. If you're intimate with my word, if you if you honor my word, that proves that you're my disciple. Jesus would say in Luke 6:46, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and I'll do the things which I say? Too many Christians believe, I'm good with God, but I I don't do everything I'm supposed to. But I'm good with God. Like, I read my Bible once a week. I I hear it because I'm a pastor, but you've heard it too from people. Like, it's just like, you know, semi, one foot in, one foot out kind of attitude. Not fully in, not fully committed. Yet, we say we serve a God who was indeed and is fully committed in our lives. And if we want to see the kingdom moving then we need to be committed to his word and heeding it. Saul didn't. And it says here that, uh, that he killed him for it and turned the kingdom over to David, the son of Jesse. Oh, David's awesome. I, I love his life. I, it's a cautionary tale, no doubt, right? However, he was a man who really loved the Lord. And even from a young age, David, the son of, of Jesse, you know, was anointed when he was just a young lad, taking care of the sheep. His father didn't think much of them because when Samuel came to anoint the king of Israel, he didn't bring David in. He just uh, called all of David's brothers. They were handsome and so and strong, and surely this is the Lord's anointing. Even the prophet said, Oh my gosh, he looks like a king. <laughs> but no. The Lord refused them. The Lord taught Samuel, I don't judge by the outside the way man does. God looks at the heart, and then they brought scrawny little David in, and little little lad, and anointed him king. And, um, you know, David is just, like I said, he's an amazing guy. I don't have to tell you that. In Psalm 68, at the end of it, 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 it talks about how God chose David his servant, And took him from the sheepfolds, from following the ewes that the young, that had young, he, God, brought him to shepherd Jacob, his people, and Israel, his inheritance. So he shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. And so that's a good little summary at the end of Psalm 78 of how God chose this little shepherd boy who would shepherd his people, God's people, uh, with the integrity of his heart. And so it's a beautiful thing that he would guide Israel with the skillfulness of his hands. And then Paul in the book of Acts chapter 13, as he was preaching in Antioch, he was preaching about David, and he said concerning him, quoting God, I have found David the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, which shall fulfill all my law. What a difference between David and Saul. God knew David as a man after his own heart and a man who wanted to fulfill all of his law. Saul didn't want to fulfill the word. We just talked about that. He he wasn't heeding the voice of the Lord. He wasn't heeding the commandments of God. But yet David in his life, this is what he desired most, was to honor the word of God, was to know God. And even though he wasn't perfect, we know he was a sinner. But yet, generally, what we learn of David, the psalmist of the Bible, was that he had a tender heart for God with all of the mess-ups that he did. Not the sin, treacherous sin. Generally in his life, he was repentive of those. But also, he just wanted to be with God. He loved God. And his psalms, what God wrote through him are so comforting, and we see his tenderness, don't we, his his love for God, and ministers to us for hundreds and hundreds of years. And so we read in verse 1 that all Israel came together to David at Hebron. Hebron, guys, is the place where Abraham was it's a place where Abraham is buried and so it's a very special place for Israel to meet and Hebron was about 150 miles south of Jerusalem and all of Israel came together to David at Hebron saying indeed we are your bone and your flesh also in time past even when Saul was king you were the one who led Israel out and brought them in and the Lord your God said to you you shall shepherd. My people Israel and be ruler over my people Israel. Therefore, all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron, and David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel according to the word of the Lord by Samuel. And so we see here that Israel came together under David. To me, when I read this, I'm like blown away. On, on how the logistics of that, the miracle of that, how everyone finally came uh, together uh, to King David. When he first became king, he was 30 years old, and he, the kingdom was not united. It took seven years before the kingdom would be united, and they all would come under David. But to me, it's a miracle. Why did they come together under him? What drew the people to come to David, King David? It was, I think, because they recognized that the Lord was with him. They recognized, the people recognized that this new king is of the Lord. The Lord anointed this man, and they knew that God was with them. They saw that God had blessed them with so many victories, and so they came to him. And it's such a beautiful thing. It was God that made David great. He was great because God was with him. And in the same way, you and I are extraordinary people because of Jesus Christ in our life. God makes us extraordinary people, blessed people, who, who, who God desires to do amazing things within our lives. We have to believe, and many have forgotten, the benefit of the Lord when the Bible says, forget not all his benefits. You he chose from the foundations of the world. He knew you when you were in your mother's womb, and he formed you to walk with him, to know him, and to have an extraordinary blessed life. A life that's filled with blessings, yes with trials, yes with hardships, but with blessings beyond our wildest dreams. I believe that today. And they came together because he was a man of God, And I believe that the Lord will use your life and my life as we are dedicated to his word. If we, like David, desire to seek the Lord and be a man and woman after his heart, then others would be attracted to that light. And the Lord will bring people as we are built up in the word, as we are seeking God for our guidance, not going to mediums, not going to this world, but going to the Lord for guidance every single day. God will bring people miraculously because people will be attracted to the fact that you're a man or woman of God. Turn with me to Psalm 144, please. In Psalm 144, David is writing here. And it's a beautiful psalm of just a recognition that his greatness is of the Lord. It's because of God. David, I believe, was a very humble king. You recall as he danced before the Lord and he it was just time and again, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, shout to God, come into his courts with gladness and praise, serve the Lord with fear, you know, you know, fear the Lord with fear and trembling. But he said so much, he was so humble, he was used by God, and he understood that his greatness was because of God. In Psalm 144, verses 1 through 4, it says, Blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle, my lovingkindness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my shield and the one in whom I take refuge, who subdues my people under me. See, he acknowledges that the people have come under him because of who? because of the Lord. The Lord teaches his hands for war. The Lord defends them. The Lord is a strong tower, all of these things. And then he says in verse three, Lord, what is man that you take knowledge of him or the son of man that you are mindful of him? Man is like a breath. His days are like a passing shadow. You see, King David was made great by God. And I believe that the reason why the Lord was able to bless him with that responsibility was because he was humble enough to recognize that he, man is nothing. We're like a breath. But you, God, have, have blessed my life. You have taught me to fight. You have taught me so many skills and blessed me. And, and so God made him great, guys. But he acknowledged, we're not much. God is everything. That's why king david is loved. that's why he was great little shepherd boy grows up to be a shepherd man and then the king of israel beautiful grace of god that he would take you and i from the most humblest most unlikely starts to be used by god to share his gospel with people to be used by god to help people get saved for eternity my goodness, what a glorious calling upon your life and mine that we get to share in the in the treasures of heaven with people if we've heard his voice and we are doing what we're supposed to do, which I trust that you are. Keep sharing your faith. Keep telling them how great God is and how how great your life is because he pulled you out of hell into the heavenly places. Tell them how great God is in your life. Tell them. Tell them. Some of the most tender Christians I have ever met have been those who know they are nothing. But at the same time, that all the blessings that they are enjoying are because God has given them those blessings. Those are the most tender Christians. Those are the most dedicated Christians who are the ones who understand that they are nothing and also that every blessing they enjoy is because of God. They have a grateful heart. Man, they're tender. They're powerful. Some of the sweetest people I've ever met are, are, are those who really are, are super humble, but also, my goodness, super blessed. But I think the blessings keep coming in their life. Why? Because they acknowledge that they themselves are nothing, but God is everything. And they serve Him, and they look to Him, and they're obedient to Him. And it's just great to see that tenderness. I was reading a commentary from an old American preacher named Jonathan Edwards from the 1700s. And he said, The less apt a man is to be afraid of natural evil, having his heart fixed, trusting in God, and so not afraid of evil tidings, the more apt he is to be alarmed with the appearance of moral evil or the evil of sin. As a man has more holy boldness So he has less of self-confidence or a forward-assuming boldness and he has more modesty. He has the firmest comfort but the softest heart. He is richer than others but poorest of all in spirit. He is the tallest and strongest saint but the least and tenderest child among them. What a beautiful word from that guy. Basically saying that the person who puts their trust in the Lord is less apt to be fe- fearful of the things that are going on in the natural world, and is more concerned with self holiness, with even the appearance of evil. That person is richer than all, but poorest in spirit. They're modest. They they they're just tender. They're tender the strongest saint, the tallest of saints, yet the most tender like a child. And I think that's how David was. Just read the Psalms, you know. Thank God for his obedience to write those down for us. I think all we have to do is see God with all of our hearts. And God will show us things that will blow our minds away. Romans eight twenty eight still applies today. And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. It says here also, the people said to him, they came around him and they said to him, hey, in time past, Even when Saul was king, you were the one who led Israel out and brought them in. And the Lord your God said to you, you shall shepherd my people Israel. So the people acknowledged that even before he was king, when Saul was king, it was actually David who was going in and out with the people to do the battling. He went to war with the people. He was leading them before he was leader of them. He was shepherding them. And the people acknowledged that. That's a beautiful thing about King David. He wasn't one who said, go go, fight the battle and not go with them. Reminds me of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Son of David. He's a servant leader. Our Lord has taught us, don't just, don't just preach it. Don't just quote the scripture. Serve others help others go in and out like I said all of I believe all of us as Christians are a little bit of sheep and a little bit of shepherd
0: thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio if you're in the area come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. we are located at 3035 West Nicolette Street in Banning you can also find us on YouTube or Instagram